Welcome to Music History Monday for November 16th, 2020. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Chopin's Last Concert. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. It was on November 16, 1848, 172 years ago today, that Frederick Chopin, 1810 to 1849, performed his final concert. It was given at a benefit ball held in London's Guildhall, staged to raise money for Polish exiles. Chopin, 38 years old, was desperately ill. And although he lived another 11 months, he was never to perform again. Frederick Francois Chopin, born Friedrich Frantischek Chopin, was a quintessential romantic figure, a restless man of genius, a forlorn lover who could never settle down, a prodigy whose music and piano playing enchanted his listeners from the time he was an adolescent, someone whose muse demanded that he work in a white heat for sometimes days at a time despite his physical frailty and dismal health. He was a consumptive at a time when consumption, that is tuberculosis, was considered that most romantic of illnesses, the disease of genius. Of course, if you actually had tuberculosis, you didn't consider it romantic at all. You were too busy trying not to cough your lungs out and to just freaking breathe. Chopin himself had no patience for the entire romantic trip and claimed to be disgusted with the artistic precepts and pretensions of romanticism, which he considered self-indulgent and vulgar. A small, slim, prim man, he had exquisite taste in the finer things, impeccable manners, and lived in grand style. He moved about in aristocratic circles in which his artistry as a composer and pianist was his patent of nobility. According to one observer, quote, he could be witty, malicious, suspicious, ill-tempered, charming. There was something feline about Chopin, unquote. Born in Poland and raised in Warsaw, he settled permanently in Paris in 1831 at the age of 21. He took the city by storm. In 1833, at the age of 23, he wrote his family back home in Poland, quote, I have found my way into the very best society. I have my place among ambassadors, princes, ministers. I don't know by what miracle it has come about, for I have not pushed myself forward. But today all that sort of thing is indispensable to me. Those circles are supposed to be the fountainhead of taste. I have five lessons to give today. You will imagine I am making a fortune, but my cabriolet, my carriage, and white gloves cost more than that, and without them I should not have bon ton, meaning good tone, meaning high style. Chopin does not exaggerate here. 
he almost instantly became a major artistic player on his arrival in Paris, and remained so through the 1830s and 1840s, at a time when Paris was at its apogee as the cultural capital of Europe. And then things came a-tumbling down. Paris, which was as prone to revolution in the years between 1789 and 1871 as teenagers are to zits, experienced a nasty one in 1848. On February 22, 1848, for reasons we needn't get into here, mobs once again filled the streets of Paris. The object of their anger was the king, Louis-Philippe and his minister of foreign and domestic affairs, François-Pierre Guillaume Guizot. The mobs erected barricades across the streets of Paris, marched on Guizot's residence, and skirmished with Parisian municipal guards. Guizot resigned the next day, February 23rd, after which the mob marched on the foreign ministry. The crowd was told to disperse by the soldiers that guarded the ministry, but disperse the crowd did not. To this day, no one knows for sure how it happened, although the likelihood is that some frightened, trigger-happy recruit accidentally discharged his gun. Having done so, the rest of the soldiers fired, and when the smoke cleared, 52 citizens were dead and hundreds more wounded. The revolution was on. Viva the revolution. Those with the resources to do so, meaning the aristocracy and the wealthy, did what they always do in times of trouble. They fled Paris for the relative safety of their country homes. Chopin's means of making his living, teaching piano to rich girls and women, disappeared with them. Quite ill and spitting blood, he nevertheless decided to accept a long-standing invitation to tour and perform in England and Scotland. How do we spell mistake? Yes, he arrived in London on Thursday, April 20th, 1848. On May 10th, he played his first concert at London's Gore House in Kensington, and on May 15th, he played before Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. So began his English-slash-Scottish tour, which left him more pooped by the day. In late October of 1848, while in Edinburgh, Scotland, he wrote out his will, telling his friend Albert Gimela, that he had to make, quote, a kind of disposition of my stuff if I should drop dead somewhere, unquote. It almost goes without saying that Chopin hated every minute of the trip. His letters portray a sick, tired, and entirely exasperated man longing to return to Paris. In one letter, he described a party given in his honor by a titled Scottish woman, quote, after I had played, they brought a sort of accordion, and my hostess, with the utmost gravity, began to play the most horrible tunes on it. But what can you expect? It seems to me that every one of these creatures is crazy. The ones who know my compositions ask, play me your second sigh. This is the nocturne in G major. I love your bells. And every comment ends with the words, like water, meaning that the music flows like water. 
I have never yet played to an Englishwoman without her saying, like water. They all look at their hands and play wrong notes most soulfully. What a queer lot. God have pity on them. Unquote. Chopin left Scotland and arrived back in London on October 31, 1848. He was utterly wasted. He rented rooms at 4 St. James Place, where he would open the windows in order to breathe more easily, but then had to close them because he'd get so cold he couldn't control his shivering. Going outside, well, going outside was out of the question. The London fogs, filled with toxic fumes and cold dust, made him cough uncontrollably. Doctors and homeopaths traipsed in and out of the apartment all of them attempting to ease Chopin's symptoms. But not one of these healthcare professionals was able to offer much more than a single recommendation, that Chopin get the hell out of Dodge and seek out a warmer, more benign climate. Instead, he committed himself to perform at the annual Polish Charity Concert and Fancy Dress Ball on November 16th at London's Guildhall. Chopin felt as if he had no choice but to accept the gig. Writes Alan Walker, quote, Here he was, Poland's most famous musician and one of its most prominent emigres, presently living in London thanks in part to the benefaction of Polish friends. How could he refuse? Unquote. To Chopin's mind, he couldn't. And so he was carried from his sickbed to a carriage and taken to the Guildhall there to display what remained of his talents to whoever was interested in hearing him. As it turned out, very few people were interested in hearing him. He performed in the old council chamber, next door to the ballroom where attendees were eating and drinking and dancing and leching and variously carrying on. Few people actually heard him play, and no printed program has survived to indicate what he played. This greatest of Polish patriots and musicians played his last concert in an environment not unlike those suffered by cocktail pianists, in which his performance was merely a bit of sonic wallpaper, background music, to be heard or ignored. The English-slash-Scottish trip destroyed what remained of Chopin's health. He returned to a now peaceful Paris in late November of 1848, terminally ill. He died there at his home at 12 Place Vendôme at 2 a.m. on October 17, 1849. He was just 39 years, 7 months old. According to legend, his last words, uttered to his friend and student, Adolf Gutmann were, quote, play Mozart for me, unquote. That last request was honored, and Mozart's Requiem was performed at his funeral on October 30th, 1849. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.
www.thebigcartel.com.